Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. Listen, we've been in a series called The Garden, and we've been in this chapter uh, 1, 2, and 3. We find it in the beginning of Genesis, is, is that if we look back, all the way back to Genesis, made for, even what are some of the things, I, I was teaching Destiny College, which is based in Glasgow, but you can join online as well. I was teaching Destiny College the other day through Genesis 1, 2, and 3, um, and I took up three, three one-hour sessions just in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, showing them about spiritual warfare and how the enemy likes to attack the same ways that he attacks. He attacked Adam and Eve, and he attacked humanity in the Garden of Eden. And so you can even go back and discover things like that. And that's what we've been doing in this series is coming to the origins of creation, to discover what we were made for, who we were made to be, and even things like spiritual warfare. And I believe if, and God, I just feel like has been opening this up. In fact, um, I I did a series not long ago, or a a year ago, I think now, called Purging Pride. I think I might bring this one back. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if everybody else did. We'll take a poll and we'll see. Um, It was a very convicting series for me to preach as well because it was about getting pride out of your life. And as I studied, I discovered that, man, I've got pride in my life. Um, that I need to purge, I need to get it out. But it was all based in Genesis where I discovered that and how pride was at the very beginning. In fact, it says that pride is the reason that Satan fell. Um, he was an angel in heaven and it was, he became proud and he fell. And it was the very same thing that he tempted Adam and Eve with, was pride to be, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He, he set them up to be prideful. And so we see things like this. We did a series called fruitful where we where we discovered that the original purpose of our life was to be fruitful and multiply god said that in genesis and we went through scripture and talked about how we see this theme of you were meant to produce you were meant to be fruitful and to multiply you were meant to multiply and 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 then jesus says later in matthew go make disciples of all nations i don't have time to explain all that because there's a whole series so you're gonna have to go back and watch i don't know why i was sharing that but like yeah free nugget now go do your homework okay but we're, we're diving in. We're going to continue this series, The Garden. I'm excited. Megan's going to preach next week. So get ready. Get ready. Get, get your amens ready for that. So Megan, my wife, if we haven't met yet, by the way, my name's Daniel. And my wife is Megan. She's going to preach next week. It's going to be good. Um, anytime I leave and she preaches, then um, it's really good. And you guys are probably tired of hearing me anyways. But let me just introduce to you today the subject But first, I want to read scripture. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Who's he talking to? Let us. He's talking to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the birds of the heavens. And over the livestock 
and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. How many of you know there's some creeping things? Amen. Ladies, I'm just letting you know you got dominion over those spiders. I don't need to preach this. My wife isn't in here. I need her to know that she has dominion over the spiders and I don't have to go chase every spider in the house. I'm sitting on the couch. Let me chill out. So God, I'm already in the bed. I'm half asleep and you want me to go kill a spider. So God created man in his own image. When he's saying I created man in my own image, just to be clear, he's, he's, uh, he's created him not, that doesn't mean God is sitting up there, maybe some cartoons that you've seen with his big beard and lightning bolts and sitting on a big throne going, oh, what is humanity doing? God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is three in one. He created mankind in his image, three in one. You are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. You were created three in one. God, so God created man in his own, own image. He created him, male and female, he created him. Verse 28, and God blessed them, and God said, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Even right there in verse 28, let me show you, and verse 27, you have to realize that you have value. Verse 27, I, I was created in the image of God. You have value. You discover so much about yourself in, this, in these two verses. You have infinite eternal value because you were created by the creator. You were created by God. Verse 28, and he blessed them. You have a purpose. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. You have a purpose. Go make disciples of all nations. See God's kingdom come. And you have authority. Subdue it and have dominion over it. You have authority. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to preach to you on the subject, get over it. Get over it. Have you ever had anybody tell you, get over it? Like, have you ever been complaining about something? You know what I'm talking about? Get over it. And to you, it's like a really big deal. Like you have a stain on your clothes, you know? And it's microscopic. Only you can see it. And, and, and you're like, complain, you're worried, oh no, I'm, I'm going into this meeting, I'm going into this meeting. And if you've got somebody who really loves you and will tell you the truth, like, get over it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. You know, or like, so, something happens, like, listen, when guys, can I just, this is a general statement, when guys get sick, like they get a, <coughs> a cough, we're babies. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I just need to sit and I just need to recover for two weeks. <coughs> and ladies, you know, you just like pushing through. And my wife's just like, get over it. Get over it. Like, dude, like you had a cough, you know. Take a pill, get over it. You know, you know what I'm saying? You ever said that in any way? You just want to say that? If you want to say that to somebody right now, it's a great time to your spouse or to the person sitting next to you or maybe just go, hey, I'm doing, I, we're, we're doing a sermon and my pastor told me to say, get over it. Get over it. Online, you can tell them right now, get over it. Get over it. There, listen, we go through things in life. You have trials. You have tribulations. There's things that are really serious that take place. Some of you have some major wounds. Some of you have been through some major trials. And it would be very insincere for me to say, get over it. 
But I don't want to talk to you about get over it in that way. I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you today about, I want you to, I want you to get over it. I want you to get over it because the Bible says for you to have dominion over. So whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're dealing with, not get just get over it, but get over it. Are you with me? Are you, you here with my semantics? My semantic sermon title today? Get over it. Get over it. You, you were designed, God from the beginning is revealing to us that as a believer in Christ, you were not meant to lay down like a floor mat. When he says, turn the other cheek, that's not your example to just let everything and every, all of life's trials and tribulations run over you. You were meant to get over it and take authority over what God has called you to take authority over. He has given you and me authority in the earth. Jesus even says before he ascends into heaven, all authority on heaven and earth I give to you. He's given you authority. How many of you know you would walk differently in the room if you have a badge of authority on, you know? If you've been sent by the governor, if you've been sent by the president or the chancellor, if you've been sent by the king, you would walk into the room like this. Yo, I remember... I remember when uh, I, was, I was a youth pastor and I was meant to go to some like very important counseling meetings in the school. And internally, I was a bit nervous because like, here's all these people with degrees. I don't have a degree, by the way. And I'm, here I am, unschooled ordinary men. I'm just quoting Acts 4. And I look like I've been with Jesus, hopefully. And here I am like, doo, 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 and I'm going into the same high school that I went to that I, got, uh, that, that I made a fool of myself in. And I'm having these counseling meetings um, with all these school counselors as a youth pastor to say, how can we help our community? And I remember, I remember my pastor telling me, yeah, just remember when that you go into those meetings, you, you, you're a spiritual giant and you have authority. They don't know it, but you're leading the meeting. I'm like, huh? No, 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 so-and-so, no, no, no. But you have a spiritual authority in the room. And it wasn't to walk into the room and be like, I have authority. You're going to listen to me. No, 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 but God gives me creative ideas. God drops things in my heart. God gives me wisdom when to speak and when not to speak. I have authority in the room. So I walk up in that room like this, you know? Yo. And I'm like, whoa, Daniel, you've changed since high school. Yeah, been working out, <laughs> you know? And then you get home and you're with my wife, just, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's like, get over it. <laughs> You have, you have spiritual authority. Listen, when you walk into the business meeting, because you are a believer in Christ, for those of you who have said yes to him, surrendered your life, you are in Christ, new creation, born again, you have authority in him. This is what God offers you when you, when you are in him. So when you walk into that business meeting, you might, be, might be meeting with so-and-so, you might be meeting with that person, but... You have spiritual authority. You walk in authority to have dominion over. When you're, a, when you're a mom and there's chaos in your house, everybody's getting sick, you have spiritual authority over it. Are you with me? Having dominion over something means to rule over. 
to rule over. So when things are chaotic, when things are going out of control, I'm meant to have dominion over and bring, help bring the peace of God into a chaotic situation. In the same way that the Bible says the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, over the face of the chaos, over this unorganized mess, the Spirit of God hovered and ruled over. I'm meant to, with the Spirit of God in me, I'm meant to rule over my chaos in my life. I'm meant to rule over the things that are not of God and to say, come into alignment with his kingdom. I have authority. You see, if a king was to send someone, uh, a representative with authority, to another, to another city, to another village, to another township, to get things into order, he would send them saying, I've given you authority, now put things in order. You have the same authority as a believer to say, I'm coming to put things into order. I'm, I, I'm taking authority over this thing. But the problem is, as Christians, we can be doormats that people walk over. Oh, I'll just, I'll just ignore that. Oh, this is just God's will. Must be God's will. If it's happening, it must be God's will. We'll say, we say, oh, it'll, it'll, all, it'll all work out. We bow to opposing genders because we, we're kind. We want to be kind. Yeah, the Bible says be gentle as a dove, but it also says be wise as a serpent. Or we, hide our, we hide our beliefs in order to not be offended. We let our, our lives spin out of control and get into chaos and just try to struggle our way out. When God designed you to say, you know, you have dominion over. He's saying to us today, get over it as believers. Take authority over that thing. Rule over what you've been called to rule over. I'm telling you today to get over it. Tell your neighbor, get over it. The mo do you want to know, know what the, some of you may know this because uh, we heard this at a recent conference, but the most quoted scripture, the most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament you know what it is. Some would say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. That's the second most. The most quoted scri Old Testament scripture quoted in the New Testament is Psalms 110 that says this. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That is a Bible verse about ruling and reigning. If it's the most quoted in the New Testament, wouldn't you think it's important to God? If, if, if something is important to you, you're going to repeat it over and over and over again. God is repeating this to us because what he's saying is, is that our enemies, everything that's trying to rule over us, everything that's trying to make us feel like mediocre people, mediocre Christians, it, it, that's trying to cause us to conform and just live mediocre, comfortable lives, has become our footstool. We are sitting over it. We are ruling over it. We have authority in the earth. Get over that thing. Rule over it. You were made and designed to rule. 
It was the first thing he says to, to mankind after creating them. First thing, take dominion. Take dominion. The first thing, God created mankind in his image and says, have dominion over it. The first thing he says to you. But yet, we, 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 as, as believers, we just walk through life not realizing the authority we have in Christ. And not only that, we also find that we've talked about this in the garden. You see the garden of Eden in Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, second chapter in the entire Bible. And the very last chapter of the entire Bible, Revelation chapter 22, you see the garden again. You see the tree of life. You see the river now flowing out of the tree of life. But he also says in Revelation 22, And night will be no more. There will, be, there will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. That is God's intention for his church, for his children, for the bride of Christ, for believers, is for you to rule and reign. That's why he's the king of kings. Because we are kings and priests in the earth with authority. And he's our king. So, let, let me... Let me help us today. How You might be asking, how do we get over it? I said, my wife would tell me, you know, get over it. I say, well, how? <laughs> you know? Just take medicine, you know? That was a recent conversation we had, you know. You haven't taken medicine yet, you know? Get over it. Don't complain if you're not willing to do anything, you know? Get over it. So how? How am I supposed to get over it? How? Revelation 12, this is how you get over it. Are you ready? And they have overcame him. And they, believers, have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. And they have overcome him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Number one. You were created in his image. The, you want to know how you overcome life's tribulations, life's trials? In Christ. Through Jesus. The, he, the, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. Let's go back to the Old Testament picture of this. If I'm not being too preacherish, I'm, I'm, I'm going teacher mode really quickly. When the, when, it, when the Israelites were in Egypt and the very last plague came, the death angel came, God instructed them to take lamb's blood and put it over the doorpost and for them to be in the house with the blood on the doorpost and the death angel would pass over. That's the picture of our lives because the blood of Jesus that is shed for us on the cross, the cross being the doorpost, we are now not in the house, but we are in Christ. And it passes over us. You want to overcome, you have to be in Christ. You see it again when Joshua and the spies went into the land. And they took over the land. And two of the spies went to Rahab's house who was a prostitute. They said, hey, listen, we're taking this thing over. But we're going to spare your life. But the only way your life is going to be spared is if you hang a scarlet cord over the window. Scarlet being red, the color of blood, hang it over the window so that we can see and know that this house should be spared and everybody in the house will be spared. 
Everybody in the house will be spared. So they brought their family in. If mom and pop decided to go take a stroll and then all of a sudden Israel would have taken over, then they they would have been in danger because they weren't in. I overcome because I am in Christ. I rule over it. Talk about Noah and the flood. The ark, God flooded the earth. He flooded over the earth, ruling over the earth. Noah and his family survived because they were in the ark. The ark is a picture of Christ. They were in it. I rule over because I'm in him. I am an image bearer of Christ. Therefore, I am a ruler in the earth. I rule. I have authority. I was created in his image. Jesus himself came to show you how to rule. If you now look, just read the New Testament with this idea of his kingdom coming and him teaching you how to rule. Every every person that he healed, he was showing you how to rule. I'm I'm over this sickness. I'm over this disease. I'm ruling. I'm taking authority over it. When he, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he was showing you how to rule. When he healed the paralytic, he was showing you how to rule. When he cast out demons, he was showing you how to rule. He just spoke one word and they had to obey in authority. He was showing you how to have authority in the earth. He was showing you how to rule. He was showing you how to take authority over those things. You get over it through and in Jesus by the blood of the Lamb. It's only by the blood. It's only by the sacrifice he made on the cross that I'm able to be in him. He had to die so I could be in him. Amen? It's a good place to say amen could do like the whole karaoke thing do you remember the old movies that did the like that taught you you know just like or the amen say amen no we wouldn't do that and you get over it with your testimony with your testimony with your testimony it's not just when he says you're we, we overcome by our testimony he's not just talking about oh this is my testimony i was lost now i'm found that's part of it. That's part of it. But your testimony, that word actually sometimes is used in a prophetic future tense. In a prophetic future tense to things that haven't even been done yet, speaking it into existence. So in other words, with your voice, you overcome. You overcome with your voice. In fact, again, going back to Genesis, going back to Genesis, God gave them authority and he said to Adam, he said, Listen, I'm going to show you every living creature, whatever you call it, whatever you call it, it will be. Listen, I don't know if we know how powerful our words are. Whatever you call things, they are. Listen, some of you, can I just stop for a second? Some of you have had words spoken over your life, and it's created something in you. Because words, God has given us creative power through our words. And so, so even people speaking things, non-believers as well, speaking things over your life have, can even create something in you that you need to counteract by speaking life, giving things over your life and get around people that speak life into you. But can I just tell you that as a believer, your words have power. Can I just be, oh, I'm just, I'm sick. We always get sick. We are, we're our, our, our family's always getting sick, all, you know, this, that. Oh, I'm always, 
I'm always down. I have the worst job in history. I've got the worst. I hate my colleagues. My kids are little devils. Listen, what you're doing is when you speak that and you're constantly speaking that, you're creating a prophetic future. You're creating an existence. So sometimes, even if you don't see it, you need to speak it. Little Timmy's over there coloring on the wall. My kids are angels, amen. Sometimes, sometimes, like Ezra, for example, he's in Shula now, and he's forgetting his jackets. Instead of telling Ezra, you are so forgetful, I would be speaking creative power over him. I say, hey, son, you have a good memory. Just remember to bring your jackets home, or you're going to be cold. Well, you have power in your words. Stop speaking about your problems and speak to them. Stop complaining about your situation and speak to it. Mark 11 says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, not complains about the mountain, not, not looks at the mountain and tries to problem solve, but whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, it will come to pass. It will be done for him. Whoever speaks to the mountain. Sometimes we need to declare and speak to the thing. Sickness, go. Turn your prayers into, God, I just pray, Lord, that you heal my family. Great prayer. But sometimes you need to pray, sickness, leave my house in Jesus' name. Depression, go in the name of Jesus. Work situation, work out in Jesus' name. Order come to where there's chaos in Jesus' name. I speak to that in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not, I'm not recommending standing up in the board meeting and saying, in Jesus' name. Maybe, I don't know. You decide. It's your job. <laughs> Demonic strongholds leave in the name of Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus because of the blood. Division, you have no place in my marriage. Division, you have no place in my team. Division, you have no place in my church. Division, you have no place in my world and in my community. You speak to the mountain. Amen? Worship team, come, because I'm never going to finish unless you play beautiful music behind. Get over it with your testimony. And then, he says... And they did not love their lives to the death. If you want to get over it, you need to get over yourself. Did that hurt too much to say amen or what? If you, if you want to get over it, you have to get over yourself. Because sometimes, let me explain it like this. Sometimes... Our flesh and our desires and our comfort zones and what we want are so tied to earthly things, not heavenly things. They're so tied to earthly things. And, it, it, and, and we're trying to get over it. <laughs> we're trying to, but we can't because we're tied down because we're kind of comfortable there actually. We've kind of identified with that way of life. We've identified with that way of thinking. 
we, we, we actually really like having a little bit of hatred towards that person who hurt us because they deserve it. Well, they, you don't, don't you know what they did to me? And so, and so we're trying to get over that, but every time we think about them, that person, we, we can't get over it. We can't get over it because we're tied to the need to have unforgiveness towards them because it actually makes us feel a little better because if, if we forgive them, then they've gotten away with it. And so we're actually trying to get over it and we're tied down by our flesh, ourselves. But if you want to get over it, you have to get over yourself. You have to, they did not love their lives unto death. They, the, the, these, these, the people in Revelation he's talking about are people who are willing to die for the gospel, for Christ. That's what he's talking about. They didn't love their lives. They, they weren't like, hey, hey, let's go die. But they were like, I, I, I don't love my life more than I love the gospel, more than I love Christ, more than I love the kingdom of God. Why? Because I have authority in a heavenly place that isn't tied to the earth. And, I, I, and, and because of that place, they were able to overcome. Because it would be the enemy that would try to keep you held down and keep Christians in a place lacking authority with their flesh and their desires, their lusts, their pride, tied to the things of this world. But I have to be willing to die to myself, die to my desires, die to my nature, die to my old way. There's ways in us, right? There's ways in us. Die to my old way if I'm going to be somebody who gets over it. Because I'm leaving. That's what the Bible says. The old is gone, the new has come. You should live that way. The old is gone, the new has come. I stand in authority. I have a robe of righteousness on. I, I, I'm speaking to that mountain. I'm going to come in authority in Jesus' name. Um, I used to say when teaching leadership, John Maxwell says the, the definition of a leader is uh, influence. Leadership is influence, having influence. And I used to say the greatest pursuit of a leader should be to die. And you're like, what? But to die to yourself, because when you're, when, when you're advancing, when you're leading, everybody's leading something in this room. So, so, so somebody's following you. But when you're, when you're dead to yourself, and when you're a leader, people will criticize you. But if you're dead to yourself, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what criticisms you get. Because dead people don't get offended. And I'm not saying I don't get offended. I'm not saying you won't have that temptation. But it's this constant process of taking up my cross daily, dying to myself and saying, I'm not going to get offended because I'm in Christ. Yeah, they're talking, they, they must be talking about the old me. But that's not me anymore. They just forgot that I'm new. That's the old me. They could talk about the old me all they want. But I, but I overcome by the word of my testimony. That's the old me. I overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of my testimony. And I don't love my life. 
And some of you are like, why not love my life? I got to take care of myself. I got to this and that. When you lay down your life, you're giving it to the one who loves your life more than you could ever love your life. Stand to your feet with me. We got to close this out. Today, can, maybe, maybe you're in the room. Maybe you're in the room and you'd say, I've never, I've never given my life to Jesus. Maybe you've come from a background where you've gone to church your whole life. I went to church for years, never giving my life to Jesus. Going to church didn't mean I had given my life to Jesus. Giving, giving my life to Jesus meant I said, Jesus, I surrender to you as my Lord. I'm coming into yeah, I have a, uh, he, he gave me authority only because I came under his authority and said, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I'm surrendering my life to you. Maybe you've never made that decision. I made that decision in my room as a single guy at my bedside when I was broken. So, so, some people in this room made a decision in a church service just like this. And their life has been changed forever because they chose a way, a journey, a path. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. And I want to give you the opportunity to make that decision today to say, I'm, I'm submitting and surrendering. I'm going to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And all I'm going to ask you to do is if you want to make that decision today, can we all close our eyes today? I want you to just lift a hand in the air and say, that's me. I want to pray for you. I just want to know who I'm praying for, making that decision today. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you're coming back to him. If you're online today, you can make the same decision today. And the Bible says when you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So I'm confessing with my mouth, I'm believing in my heart that Jesus is Lord. Not just Savior, but Lord. He lords over me. I'm submitting and surrendering my life to him. Can we all just pray this today? Pray this with me. And if you lifted your hand or you're making that decision for the first time today, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Say, Jesus, thank you that you forgive me because I've sinned. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so I could be restored to a relationship with you. I am yours. I surrender today to you, Jesus. I'm all in. Amen. Just pray for all of us before we close and sing this last song. Father God, I just thank you today. Help us as believers to recognize the authority we have. Help us as believers, drop this revelation deep in our hearts to speak to the mountains that are in front of us, to speak to the obstacles that are in front of us. We stand in the authority and we get over it. We get over those situations. We speak to the mountains. We speak to the waves, say, peace, be still. We speak to the needs. Even these things we're praying about, this social action, God, we just speak to it and say, you're going to provide. 
all the finances, all the resources, all the people are coming through. God, doors open in Jesus' name. Thank you for that. Even as this congregation grows, we thank you, God, for a solution. We speak to that as well in Jesus' name. Kids Church being packed out right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for a solution. God, we thank you that a new kino would open up or a new building would open up in Jesus' name. We declare that and we speak to it with the authority. We're getting over that. We're not just going to complain it. We're getting over it as a church. And we're speaking to it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're speaking to the wars that are in the earth right now. And we say, peace, be still in Jesus' name. Peace, be still in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. As believers, we're standing in our authority. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.